Yo, it's a stupidly small podcast. It's Thursday, February. Oh, not February again. March 10th. Hello, Lauren Clark. I wonder if you'll go in. Hi, Stu Farrell. I wonder if you'll go in uh, April, you'll do, say, March. I don't think you will. I think you might be stuck on February. For I'm just not made for these times. Like, as I said to you last week, or might have been earlier this week, I'm just not made for this city. I'm moving, Lauren. No, you said it. You came in on Monday, Monday and declared war on Melbourne and said, I am moving it's out. It's over. Melbourne's finished as far as a, a place to be. No, it's not. It's just that you've decided you don't want to be here for a bit. It's not that no, Melbourne's remember, finished. Remember that you said the number plates, Melbourne, the place to be? Does it now say Melbourne, it's finished? Well, it should. <laughs> it's finished. Or the, pla- the, the place the, to the, be. Not to be. Don't be here. Yeah. I know, it's finished. Um, It's time to go coastal. And it'll save me going postal, as they say in the classics. (laughs) Yeah, do they? Um, How, when you do, when this happens, when you make your sea change, (laughs) I know. Let's put it this way. We're speaking to people who manufacture pools. This is how far into this deal we are. If I'm going to be away from. Have you signed anything? No. No. If I'm going to be away from Melbourne, Mm. I'm having a pool. And I'm going to be close to the ocean. It's like a water birth. I'm rebirthing. Wow. At the it's age not of like 40. a water birth in any way. <laughs> well, it is. I'm rebirthing. I'm going to suddenly, my head is mm. going to emerge oh, from some water. Oh. What? And I'll go, <gasps> and that'll be the first breath of the, of the rest of my life. That is actually a beautiful idea mm. that you That's that, what it is. Um, what was I going to ask you? Oh, yeah. When you do. Do you think you'll do that thing which I've mentioned before, uh, which my buddy Mel, uh, when she moved to Paris after years and years and years of wanting to move to Paris and mm. she learnt French and she did a whole of... Be disappointed. And then she didn't, she wasn't disappointed, but she just, when she had a bad day, when she lived in Paris, she would be confounded because this is my fantasy place. This is what I've built it no, up to. No. My fantasy, where I'm moving is my fantasy. Right. But... My fantasy would, would probably be to move to New York, but I'd want to be a millionaire. Right. But, uh, Lozzie, mm. my my happy place at the moment yeah. is me sitting on the deck. Yes. In On my, uh, I think it's called a Grande uh, Alfresco area. Grande Alfresco. Yes. They sound like words that Australians string together to like make something sound posher than it is. Is it basically oh, it is. sitting on a balcony or something? Well, it's not a balcony, but it's an outdoor area that is sort of like an unenclosed part of the house. That's it's half outside, half inside. With mind you, dear Lozzie. Yeah. And what I was looking at is the retracting kitchen window with counter. Retracting. Yes. Like it goes. Like a no, sliding, that. sliding. All right, <laughs> with a counter, so you can uh, yeah put a bar stool at the kitchen window if you prefer, and the big open sliding doors that open into the open lounge and dining area that looks out. Then mm. with my little fence, and then the pool that I've been uh, selecting of late. I that hate it. I hate it when you get happily, like smugly happy because I am You're dreading my happiness. No, because I love it, but I am dreading. You know when it's going to turn bad. Well, if someone drowns in the pool, no, no, like you know, something happens to your dream, and I know that you're not. You're saying it's not your dream. It's not my dream, but I can guarantee you, without something's going to be something's going to get annoying soon, isn't it? it, No, something it'll fall away. Like they'll come back and say this is going to cost you X amount of hundreds of thousands of dollars, and and we're going to say, but we've got 
this amount of tens of thousands of dollars <laughs> and they'll go buy a caravan. Yeah, right. So that will happen. But yeah. at this stage, we are talking. We're actually talking to real builders mm. and real real, real estateers and real pool <laughs> manufacturers mm. uh, until they realise that we're full of hot air and then uh, I'll just get back to hating Melbourne and uh, no, 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 stay no, there no. in my carpeted stink house. Do you think that it will – see, this is the beauty of the promise of newness that I love so much and I the know it's where you get you get – you trip yourself up. So you go, I'm going to change and everything's going to – it's everything. It's a new page, new me, new thing. And then, you know, when it doesn't quite happen like that, then it's uh, hard to deal with. But that's like when I've told you that when I go to Ikea or when I go to – you know, when I, when I see like a new version, like a new – like a bedroom or mm. a, or a, that's tidy or a, um, something that's just new and kind of exciting. Uh, or when somebody, and this used to happen a bit, when somebody, like when you're learning something and somebody says, now here's how you do it, you need to, even if it's a cooking show, like, you know, clean the bench and start with this and then do that and then this and then that. And I watch and I think that's going to be me. I'm mm. going to be able to do that. And then by the end of I'm going to know a whole new recipe and a whole new thing and I'm going to become like that person on the television with the shiny bench and all of the kitchen utensils that are like brand spanking and and like the lovely fingernails that match the thing, that the apron that you can buy, by the way, if you go to the website and all that stuff. And I think that I'm going to become a different person and I am always disappointed to learn Mm. when I get the Ikea stuff home to my house or whatever or when I try and make the recipe that I am still annoyingly me. No, but I'm going to be me. I'm just going to be sitting (laughs) next to a pool. All right. I thought you were like, yeah, you go to be you, but I'm going to be me. How good is that? (laughs) No, no, I'm not going to change the person. I'm just not going to live in a carpeted house without a pool and I'm going to escape this town that is, to be honest, Mm. Uh, what was it? Someone was saying it last week about Melbourne. It's a fat person and something or other, and that's what Melbourne is now. It's a fat person and something or other. Yeah, and what a really what touching sentiment it was. What does that no, mean? It's more like uh, we're like the fat guy that keeps letting his belt out, and we're about to run out of belt. I don't know. Right. Like this city is outgrowing itself. All you have to do is yeah. go into the central business district yeah. and just have a look around. This is not the Melbourne I knew and I loved. Oh, no. We've all let him down, everyone. We've all let him down. And to those of you listening in Sydney, you're probably going, well, you guys have got it. Like, at least you can go to the well, pub. I'm not, I'm not moving to Sydney. <laughs> yeah, we're not closing the, pub, the pubs down, nor are we shutting them at 1 o'clock. Yeah. But I don't know. Anyway, so to me. Yes. Lauren Clark. Yes. The one thing that this joint does have, mm. and I wanted to ask you this question earlier in the week and I've been holding on to it and I mm. want to get on to it now. Good. The Comedy Festival. Now, you are the uh, self-appointed doyen of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Don't ever tell me I'm a self-appointed doyen of anything. Well, you were voted last year as one of Australia's (sighs) uh, top 25 funniest females. So, congratulations. Okay. First of all, females. Second of all... Are you a female? Voted top funniest... Are you a you female? Can't ta- you you can't, can't take issue no. with the word female. Okay. I'm right. sorry. You move might on, like it. Move on, move on, move on. So, what are we talking about? You, Comedy. What are you saying? Comedy festivals coming up. True. Yeah. Yes. Now, I, I, I watch a little bit of comedy here and there when it's on. You love it, don't you, Stu? Not really. You know, and I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to Please. ask you this because you, you've, uh, as we know, you've staged uh, some of the biggest 
uh, plays that Melbourne University has ever seen, but you've also written, directed and performed, I believe, no, performed, maybe not, uh, at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. You were part of the Top 100 or whatever it's called, the Top Ton, the Ton... Tun, the, tun, tun. the funny tun. The funny tun. I never did the funny tun. Which was, uh, for those who don't know what the funny tun oh. is, basically you've got to be a dork with a uh, piece of paper. I did not do the funny tun. And try and see 100, be the first to see 100 shows. I was not a dork with a piece of, I was a dork with a piece of paper, but that was completely unrelated to any funny tunness. I never did that. Right. <clears throat> so I think you, out of the, all the people in this room here, and, and hello to the school group that's coming to watch our podcast, mate, say hi, everybody. Good. <laughs> now, lovely. Yes. Uh, well, your Montessori gang, uh, good to see them. They're very silent. <laughs> they're good. They teach them that. Yeah, silence. Discipline. Yes. So, Montessori silence. No, they're doing, they're doing um, mindfulness at the moment. So. Oh, all right. I thought they were doing mime. Um, <laughs> yes. The MCs at comedy galas. Yes. Why mm. does every single comedy MC yes. scream and have to really trail off like so, ladies and gentlemen, make you for working for Lauren Clark. Oh, God. Now, what's that about? Okay, it's based on the idea, an ancient one, um, mostly American, that shouting and building up hype is but key. The, and holding on to that last note yep. of the person's name. Yep, it's key. Now, the reason that when this does actually need to work, mm. and I completely understand this because I've, I've been in... I've worked behind the scenes at them, but is when you're recording a live TV comedy show yeah. and it's live in inverted commas, but, you know, it's a half hour shot over two and a half hours. Yeah. And you've got to have, because the only reason you've got the audience in there, frankly, is so that you've got a laugh track. track. Well, you've got people laughing mm. at stuff. So you need them to be laughing the fourth time and the fifth time and after the third hour at something that is going to be packaged into a half-hour thing. So you need to get them, like they're famously, they give them jelly beans and, you know, they have prizes and competitions and, and there is a comedian, the, some of the best in-work comedians, as in there are some comedians in Australia, for instance, who are able to be comedians full-time, well, you know, all the time because... They're really good warm-up comedians and mm. those comedians don't aren't the big names. They're just like super good at this one specific thing you need to be really good at in order to do and they pay you quite well for, which is building up the hype, knowing like I've got three minutes here and I'm watching that guy who's the floor manager to tell me and he's, he's going to look my way when I need to go and we're going to go again, guys, so just make sure you bring up the applause now and stuff right? right that kind of frenzied bring it out come on woo kind of thing is a very sketch comedy you know um or it was stand up kind of straight routine from the comedy world from comedy clubs basically mm. right cc's um cc's <laughs> And they still do it in TV because they are probably doing the same thing. They're probably building it. I've been in the audience of the gala, for instance, a comedy gala, and it lasts for four hundred. Yeah, and it works for like lasts four hundred hours longer than the broadcast. Jeez, and that seems long enough. Yeah. Why exactly. do they? Why do they put all the least funniest people on the gala? 
Well, it's actually a really hard thing to re-edit, but uh, they do. It's amazing to me. Some of the best acts that I've seen at galas have not been made it to mm. TV, and it's very political how uh, all of that happens. Hang on, Lozzie. Don't, well, let's not get black banned by the Comedy Fest. Well, you know I already am, don't I you? I know. Let's get, not get the <laughs> podcast black banned. Um, no, I wrote a thing about this several years ago. Are you going to link to it? And I can link to it. I'm not that, I don't think that anyone will. It's from 2010. It's quite a while ago now. And a lot of the things that I brought up in this article, which nobody... Um, read. No, lots of people read, thank mm-hmm. you very much. I was actually a little bit alarmed because I thought it would be able to be sort of buried and parked in the back of... But it was about the time when, like, people would circulate it and the comedy festival was starting to happen and it was one of those things where you have conversations with people in hallways for years about these these issues and everybody knows it but it's the worst kept secret because um it's a secret from the the everybody else because nobody wants to say anything because Mm. it's a bit of a cutthroat world anyway so to answer your question um i think that's why but i do i completely disagree with it i think it's it it's imbecilic and it makes the audience it presumes the audience is too stupid to concentrate which audiences mm. can be a little bit <laughs> slow in coming forward like i can totally see that just give them funny comedians pete holmes is on the other night remember him has anyone seen can you link some pete holmes as well since you're our link master who's pete holmes he's the guy that did the celine delon jokes oh your favorite oh really like and I've been to the comedy festival quite a lot, about three times, and <laughs> he's the only comedian that was a, like proper a laugh riot. You know? A laugh riot. Five stars, Stu Farrell. Are you going to put that on his poster? Because I would. Well, he's become big. You now. are the he's hardest like on television. You are the hardest one comedy was, guy. Remember, he's talking about the pizzas and Celine Dillon and Titanic. I said something funny I the was other crying. day. I said something on the podcast the other day. Celine you, Dillon. Celine Dillon is funny to you. Well, because he was doing a thing about his mum. Yeah. Can you look to Celine Dillon? Pete Holmes. It I is don't like know that I will. Cryworthy. Not cringeworthy. You are cryworthy. Mm. You're making me cry. <laughs> um, so what's the point? So we oh, so you, we want to do that way. But what what's the alternative? How do you do it without that? Oh, you, oh well, I, I was actually thinking about that. There would be a, just have a foghorn. Do you know? Do you know what I think you do? Mm. You, a foghorn. <laughs> no, what I think you just don't have an MC. Yeah, but they sometimes fill the gaps. Yeah, but why don't you? Know? I don't know. I think some of the best comedy. I mean, sometimes comedy. Some works, of your best friends are comedians. Some, <laughs> some, uh, some comedy works because. You don't know what you're about to see. In fact, a lot of it does. Some of the best comedy works. Like Kitson. By the way, oh, stop it with your jealousy of Kitson. I'm not jealous. Kitson's one of... I heard he's a real um, prickly character. He's not a prickly character. He's a nice guy. Anyway, by the way, uh, if, people are, if people are genuinely interested in the comedy festival... Oh, uh, yes. Starting um, when? Don't, no one don't care. Great. But it's soon. <laughs> but... Um, but I recently started again listening. I, I listened to a new podcast. It's not new, but it's new to me, which is the New Yorker. Like I think it's the New Yorker Out Loud one, which I don't, which I haven't listened to before. I've listened. I've talked talked before about the New Yorker Fiction podcast, which is the one where um, somebody who's had a short story published in the New Yorker reads a favourite short story that's been published in The New Yorker and then they talk about it together. Find, do you find those short stories terrible in The New Yorker? 
Have you listened to the podcast? No, but I, I've read the. Here's what happens. Oh. You listen and you go, what was that? And then they talk about it and you're like, oh, like it's really. And I'm trained to read short stories, but I listen to these ones and sometimes I really don't understand why somebody would pick that as like their favorite short story Until ever explained. to read. And then they talk about it. And by the end of it, I kind of want to listen to it again. And in fact, several times I have. But Could we make a rule that we never talk about old media again and just talk about podcasts? Oh, my God. You're on it about old media this week. Well, I told you yesterday I'm finished with it. Yeah. Well, so this is new media. And in um, this, whatever the New Yorker one is, which I'll try and remember to link to as well, um, they say... Uh, by the way, if people can't find our links sometimes, I know not everybody's on Facebook, but I quite often... I just if we post had an email account. We could just send oh, it out. Shut up. Anyway, this I is just what we spoke you, about today. Oh, listen! Look into you. This is what we spoke about. You sound like you're speaking to a five-year-old. This is what we spoke about. Underpants are for bottoms. Anyway, <laughs> what I was going to say was uh, uh, podcast. Oh yeah, and there was one where they talked to Maria Bamford. And uh-huh. for those of you who don't Failed know, failed comedian. Pardon. Well, she never really kicked them off in the end. Oh my she? God, she's one of the world's most successful comedians. You are a hilarious idiot. Yeah, Louis C.K. Oh, I want to cry. Anyway, Maria Bamford is interviewed in this, and it's a really frank and interesting Frank um, Bamford little inf- I- interview. And it's I'll try and remember to post it. And Good. If I don't, is that the one that did the show in front of her parents? Yeah, she did a show right. in front of her parents after she had basically a nervous breakdown, and. She talks about how she's in a place now mentally where she's not as prolific and she's kind of not doesn't find herself as funny and quick and she's a bit slow and happy uh, or happier and it's because of her mental health being sort of fixed up and stuff and she's <laughs> making a she's making a um, TV show <laughs> And when she makes the TV show, she made a rule and the rule was don't um, – you're not allowed to have long days because it will kill me. So please let's not do that. Anyway, also I learned another thing from an interesting podcast. Mm. This is, I've just completely derailed this whole conversation. You have. But I don't care because no, how don't. interesting is this? Are you a fan or were you ever a fan of Sesame Street? If you say no, I just want you to think really hard about it. Right. As a kid – were you ever? What I liked about Sesame Street oh, yay. was There's the stuff about it. that I wasn't supposed to like or wasn't the stuff that everybody liked. Which is what? So um, the, the, the cutesy side of Sesame Street, I suppose. You liked that? I didn't. Right, no, yeah. Right. Because um, there's a, quite a seedy side at certain times in like its history. Right. Not well, seedy, uh, but like... I didn't like Big Bird, for depth. instance. I didn't right. like Snuffleupagus. Right. I didn't like the bloke, the dodgy guy who owned the shop that used to sweep out the front all the time. Did you like Oscar the Grouch? Didn't mind Oscar, but yeah. tried a bit too hard. Right. But then, really adored Bert and Ernie, had mm. a very big soft spot for Grover. Oh, yeah, and, uh, then it's And then I moved away from the Sesame Street-ish into the more the Muppets. The Muppetsy, yeah. I was so a you'd, bit more you'd have your guy Smiley's and uh, yeah. th- those... And, uh, Fozzy, not too bad, but uh, the drummer. Uh, oh, yeah, hilarious, hilarious. You know. Um, reason I ask okay. is that this <laughs> – no, no, no. Reason I ask is that this – Grover's funny. Ob- 
This podcast that was I was talking about the other day, the Vulture one, Yo. was talking about Sesame Street and what made it what it is. And, and the way they talked about it really made me think a bit more deeply about the fact that they deliberately made this world an inner city, like it's not New York, but it's obviously New York mm. kind of. Um, so Brooklyn. Stra- yeah. And, and it's, you can imagine. Oh, like, the West Side actually. It's almost. so it so is that too, isn't it? Like the mm. sense of space is so right in your face. Anyway, and they're all people of different colours and they tried all these different stuff. And then they played a few excerpts from just different things. Like there was one, one there were just a few that were really surprisingly, like I'm not sure they'd even get away with it today kind of thing, where they, tr- where they just did some bold. One bag of cocaine. <laughs> two bag of cocaine. <laughs> anyway. What they did, right. what they talked about, and it's interesting you should mention Big, Bird, Big Bird and Snuffleupagus. Oh. Because apparently, what, who was Snuffleupagus? He was like the elephant with yes. the droopy eyes, looked like a bong head. What was his, what, any, anything else you remember about him? He was just Big Bird's buddy. Big Bird's buddy, right. Yeah. You know what he originally was? Right. Big Bird's imaginary friend. Right. And uh, they changed that. And made him Big Bird's real friend yes. because they wanted to uh, be, because it was in the time of like um, people becoming aware of stranger danger and like pedophilia and all this stuff, and so they decided that to have a character who didn't exist or whose existence was kind of you know is it or isn't it and then adults so what would happen would be big bird would go hey did you guys just see snuffleupagus and everyone goes shut up big bird we don't believe you there was no okay and yeah. so adults would say that and then that was so they went actually that's kind of not cool not a good message so they stopped it big bird called him snuffy i think they had a bit of a dodgy relationship anyway <laughs> <laughs> anyway when i when i did worked for 5 minutes in um children's tv we used to have we, – there used to be a thing where if you ever – and I found this super lame. I'm not sure that this is actually a, a, a correct understanding of child development. But if you were writing a script and it had a G rating, if something happened where somebody behaved badly, in that same episode there had to be comeuppance for that. Right. There would so be a resolution or there had to be punishment. Like punishment, like consequences. There needed to be consequences for your action. action, So if there was a naughty kid who did something bad, they're not allowed to get away with it in that episode. They have to be seen to be doing penance or like going, Mm. oh, God, I was so wrong. What a terrible thing I did. Um, And that, uh, to me, I still find that, I still think that's not great. Mm. Because, you know, things like, um, you know, gun play, like kids going bang, bang, you're dead, I've got a gun. I still like cap guns. I still well, buy say, a cap gun if I see one. Do you? Yeah, I love them. What do you do with a cap gun? Fire a few times, smell the caps, throw it out. Smell the caps. The smell of a burnt cap was one of the one of life's small pleasures. See, and I don't. The caps didn't work. You'd hit him with a hammer. I don't think we did cap guns. I don't well, think you went to Montessori. Yeah, I went maybe. to Main Streets. Main Streets. Also, you are a lot older than I am. <laughs> Stupid. Stu, I kind of like doing that with you now. No worries. Um, No worries. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I was going to tell you about this last week when we were talking about the fact that 
Um, you know, but we're kind of talking about hobbies. Remember? No. No, but you don't remember anything. No. Do you remember arriving here earlier this morning? Yes. Yes. Uh, and just checking. <laughs> um, point is that uh, I've got a mate who thinks that everybody – so this is welcome to international listeners – I'm sure there's a version of this mate wherever you are. Mm. <laughs> yeah, mate is a friend. Thank mm. you. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a version of this wherever you are. Like, you know, it's in New Zealand, it's like Auckland v. Wellington, you know, in – I'm not allowed to talk about America, but Boston. New York. Anyway, uh, but whatever, right? You're talking or, about rivalries. Or Philly. Or Melbourne, what, Sydney. So Melbourne, Sydney, right? But I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about rivalries so Celtic much Rangers. here. Right. But what I'm talking about is that – my mate Paul reckons that when every when people move to Sydney from Melbourne, yeah. he said, "Watch, watch them. How long before they get a hobby or start running?" <laughs> and that it just doesn't happen as much in Melbourne. Like they don't, there aren't, and and in Sydney, that he said, t- your time seems to be more structured. People attend book clubs and they do like there is a more. And I said, "Shut up! What are you talking about?" I swear to God, every single friend of mine who's moved to Sydney mm. has got something. Maybe a couple of exceptions. Good morning, Em. Um, uh, do that. They do this that routine thing of like, well, I've seen- you know, I'm now, yeah, a jogger. Or well, you know a- how I'm moving, right? Yeah. I've already uh, announced my intention to find an over 40s cricket and football club to join because you need a network. And I don't have children. Maybe that's, that's the it. easy one, right? You've got kids, you eventually fall into some sort of. Parent gang Depressing from friend gang. primary <laughs> school in high school. That's what no, happens. No, actually, you're right. It is, it's it's mm. interesting because you suddenly do meet new friends in your, in your so you adult def- life. Yeah. So you either find them at the pub yeah. or you find them at a sporting club. And I suppose a sporting club is more healthy. Mm. Well, some of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, reason I mention this is an article popped up the other day which was um, the – uh, it was. Uh, I saw it referenced, and mm. I thought that it might be in Sydney, and it is. It definitely in Sydney. There's an obstacle course. So for starters, it's kind of like you know, what's the one where they throw paint at each other and it's a paintball, paintball. right? An oh. obstacle course. Yeah. But this one, and I think you should go to this, and maybe as your sure. surprise yeah. birthday <coughs> present, because I know you like surprises and birthday presents and things like this. Yeah. The Sydney Obstacle Course where clowns and zombies chase you. Yeah, Nightmare Village is a cool. What's the story? Can't imagine anything you'd hate more. No. Do you know what what's in your phone has this become? It's terrible. What? Me finding articles that I know will annoy you. I've got to stop doing it. Could you? Well, tomorrow we're not even going to do what's in our phone because it's Fun Bag Fridays. Why do it twice? Because it's just joyful for me. Anyway, Lauren Clark, how do the dear listeners find us? Stupidlybig.com. We're stupidly big on Facebook, stupidly big on Twitter. Please go and give us a review or a rating on iTunes. We're stupidly small there too. What? Just remember, I sent someone an email two weeks ago about a t shirt and they responded immediately and I haven't come oh, back at them. Oh, Stu, that's bad. Sorry, guys. I just remembered an email when you said that, but I owe somebody too. It's All right. Nothing to do with the show, but. Today, Thursday's yeah. email return day. Okay, great. Uh, Stu. Hello, Bye bye.